Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 70th episode of the podcast, where we get to talk to head coach at Bluefield State College, Drew Bailey. This was his first year at Bluefield State, and they had the best season that Bluefield State College has had in their to date. Uh, and so in 2000, and this year they were 15 and 12 overall. They made their first appearance and won the first Black College World Series against Xavier University of Louisiana. And Coach Bailey just dives into a lot of that success here in the podcast. Uh, Coach Bailey, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, followed him. He's uh, had several other uh, stints. He's been the recruiting coordinator uh, for a pitching coach at Concord University, where he also was a great player. He's played professionally, um, got to play in athletics organizations, and um, there, his time there before uh, it was shortened by injury. Uh, had very impressive, racked up 48 strikeouts and 54 innings uh, in his pro career uh, at ERA uh, 280 and, um, and limited uh, his opponent batting average at 216. So um, through a after his injury uh, limited uh, career, and then got into coaching, and uh, he's been doing really well ever, ever since. Uh, was the former head baseball coach as well as Aver- at Averett University. And being from the area... Uh, was able to take take over the Bluefield State College program in the winter. Um, we talked a little bit about that uh, re- the winter before uh, they started playing in the spring, and uh, where recruiting was very limited, um, and it was able to get to work right away. and And they had, like I said, the best season that they've ever had in their in their history. And uh, it's only continuing to arrive uh, from there. And so we got a chance to talk about that and talk about his challenges and talk about what he believes in his values and. You know, he's really using this game as a, as a platform to continue to grow their community, grow the men, grow um, and make it a lot bigger than just this game of baseball. And uh, their, their results are speaking for themselves, and they've got one of their best recruiting classes coming in, and, and uh, he's got people on the bus that are finding out what he's doing. So uh, Coach Drew Bailey from Bluefield State College in West Virginia coming in hot with another great episode brought to you by the guys at Netting Pros. My buddy uh, Will Miner, Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphing wall padding, windscreen, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and a lot more. Uh, the guys over at Netting Pros continue to provide quality products and services to make recreation, high school, college fields, facilities, stadiums all throughout the country. Contact them at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. You can go to their website at nettingpros.com or check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn for all the latest products and projects. So i got to thank those guys for making this possible and helping us grow the game and putting it on a bigger platform for people. So again, Will, I can't thank you enough and all those guys at Netting Pros. So without further ado, when you get in this great conversation, it took a ton of notes. If you haven't seen them, they're on Podbean for those people that don't know. Um, I put them on Podbean where you can find our notes, but I know a lot of guys and a lot of coaches taking their own notes and things like that. And But uh, we do keep them there on the, on the Podbean website. And um, But uh, just really thankful for Coach Drew Bailey, another great guy. I'm fortunate enough to have a great conversation with and hit the record button. 
and we just talk some good baseball. So uh, you want to learn about culture, relationships, uh, pitching development. Really sharp guy about pitching and Rapsodo development, um, and we talk a good bit about that. We could dive in a whole other episode about that. But uh, Coach Drew Bailey can't thank you enough, buddy. And here he is, Coach Drew Bailey from Bluefield State College. I want to play in the College World Series. Um, that, that's my goal. And I think it's a very realistic goal. You know, I think, um, you know, you try and speak things into existence um, with your work ethic and your drive and your passion. And uh, First off, you got to surround yourself with good people. And, and that's what I've done this year. We just hired a full-time hitting coach. His name's Evan Riekel. Uh He actually just came from Syracuse and ACC in softball. But he worked with me at Averett. Um, I don't ever like to say that he works for me because we work together. Um, and got a guy, uh, Kevon Moxie, he played for me last year. He's going to be an assistant coach. Uh, then we've got another guy, Chris Guzzi, who was with us last year. And then I've got a student assistant. So I'm actually going to have a staff this year, which is great. You know, you can't do anything without good people around you. Uh, last year, it was just Coach Guzzi and myself. And Coach Guzzi coaches uh, or teaches high school, middle school history. So there'll be days he can't be there, which mm-hmm. is completely understandable. And, you know, and I'm, I'm throwing BP, I'm hitting fungos, I'm in the bullpen, you know, uh, trying to do everything. So to actually, we had a staff meeting uh, last week. So to actually have a staff um, and be able to delegate, I think, you know, going back to my goal of playing in the College World Series, you've got to trust people. You've got to have people around you that you trust. You've got to have um, people that are loyal. And you've got to allow them to do their jobs. You've got to allow them to fail, which is important, you know, because obviously in everything we do, you're a teacher, coach, we're going to fail. Um, so we, we've got to be able to allow people to fail and, and coach them up and help each other. And I'm going to learn just as much from these guys, hopefully, as they learn from me. That's how I like to work. So going back to, to Bluefield State, you know, first year was great. We couldn't have drawn that up any better, um, you know, and – I hope when people understand when I talk about our first winning season and stuff like that, I, I didn't do that. That's our guys. And I'm extremely excited about that. Um, first winning season, I think we went 15 and 12. We got put in quarantine. We lost some time to COVID. Uh, and, and from the time I took over, there wasn't really a lot of recruiting done. Mm-hmm. Cause you so, came into it late, right? Cause you came into it late. I can't imagine how you could have. Six weeks before, uh, six weeks before the season started. Yeah. There was no, there was no recruiting done. So, I had to go to work right away recruiting and learn who my guys were, you know, evaluate them as we're trying to get ready to go play shorter in Georgia, who ends up playing NCAA regional. Um, so, you know, recruiting style, obviously recruiting is your, that's your lifeline of your program. Like you know, two things I think are extremely important is your recruiting and your culture. You've got to be able to recruit and you, you've got to be able to have, uh, expectations in your program and a strong culture if, if you want to win. So um, my wife was, we were getting ready to get married in June. We just got married about a month ago, a month today. So happy anniversary. Of her. There you go. Um, you know, she's sitting across the drink. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm recruiting, trying to, to, to set some culture in the program, um, you know, and, and it, it was a lot, but, for me, it's just getting guys to believe that they can win. Structure is huge. I don't care what level you're at. You've got to have structure, practice plan, you know, whatever it may be. And sometimes we'll, we'll uh, deviate from the plan. But 
So creating structure, recruiting, and trying to build that culture was was huge for me. Uh, and, and setting an expectation in these guys' minds that hey, we, we can win. We have to expect to win, and we have to prepare to win. Um, you know, so it, it was it was a lot. It was I'm not going to lie to you. It was a lot. Taking over, I, I love the challenge. And now, um, first year we have a winning season. We go play in the HBCU World Series and uh, win a championship for the first time. Play for a championship for the first time. Um, did a lot of good things. We're getting guys out in summer ball that maybe we haven't seen before. We've got six or seven guys playing in the new Appalachian League, backed by Team USA in Major League Baseball. You know, we're getting on the recruiting trail. We're getting people to know um, our brand, who we are. You know, I was at, T- at BMI team camp. Last week I was working Team USA NTIS out recruiting. Uh, this week I'm at Auburn University working their team camp. Um and then the week after, we're at Lake Point. So getting out, you know, letting people recognize who we are um, as a program and what our what our goal is. And I talk a lot about winning with you um, so far, and, and that is we want to win. Everybody wants to win, but I want them to grow into young men. That's that's the goal. You know, I want these guys to learn to be accountable. I want them to be prepared for real life, and hopefully when we're using baseball as that platform to teach those, those principles and instill those, you know, we're going to win a lot of baseball games, you know, on the way. And most of the times when guys mature uh, mentally, the physical and the skill step part, those get better. Um, so, you know, I, you know, people are, we want to celebrate that and we can get into that later, but, you know, being at a historically black college, we want to create a diverse setting. It's a challenge in West Virginia. You know, you don't have a lot of young black males playing baseball. And that's that's a goal that ties into my facility when I run these $20 camps, trying to create a more diverse setting. But there's so many people on the road that are excited to know that there's an HBCU in West Virginia. Um, and, and we've got guys, we've got young black males. We've got guys from Puerto Rico. We've got uh, we got a young man who's Lumbee Indian. We've got Latin guys. Like, it, it's exciting. We're trying to create that diverse setting um, and, and win baseball games and create that culture. So... I'm sure you can tell from my voice. Like, I, I love it. I love it. My wife probably gets frustrated with me. Maybe every college coach, coach's wife does. But, you know, I'm recruiting 24-7. I'm always trying to find the right fit and the guys to, to join our program and to make our community proud. And It's just been a really exciting time. I mean, I, we won a HBC World Series. I got married. Uh, first winning season in school history. Got a staff coming together. Um, we're, we're working on planning to, to build a brand new turf field. Mm. So it's a lot, you know, it's a lot going on, but um, it, it's exciting times. It sounds like it, man. It's a lot of things going on for sure. You know, and how do you like, I guess, like I said, I guess it's part of that structure, you know, that you talked about building is being able to keep all those things in place. Like, you know, what is your next step? You know, like, do you have like a, basically a three-year plan and then you're just kind of, you're trying to hit your marks where they are. Like you said, you're building a staff uh, and then kind of going on from there. Like what kind of structure do you have planned uh, for the next year, three years for the program? So, uh, you know, I've got a couple of different phases that I want to get into as far as the program, because, again, it's more than about wins and losses. But recruiting side, I've got a goal that I'd like to have our majority of our class done by the early signing period. If we can get into that realm, we're doing a pretty good job um, recruiting wise. And we're a little bit maybe ahead, I don't know ahead of the curve, but um, we're, we're doing a good job. Alumni, I've got some goals there running some alumni events. We want to get those guys involved. There's a lot of guys right now that are proud um, of what we accomplished in year one and 
We want to get those guys organized. I've got classroom goals. Yeah, I've got everything laid out. We want a 3-2 GPA academically. NCA regional is our first goal. You know, right now we're NCA Division II independent. Um, I'm hoping we get into a league. I'd love to see us go into the Mountain East. That makes the most sense. Uh, you know, Concord's right here, 30 minutes away. Yep. Charleston, West Virginia State. There's four teams right there within not even a two-hour radius. So, um, but NCA regional is the goal on the field. Um, you know, and, and really just setting the expectation. And I think communication is key with 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 your players. What do we expect? You know, I expect these guys, you look on our Twitter, work ethic, accountability, kindness, and being respectful. We, we've got a couple of things we try, some pillars we try and, and live by, um, and I try and instill in those guys. Um, so th- there's a lot of different goals in different areas, but I think for me is I have to lead our guys and, and do it in a way that I'm transparent. Um, you know, there's not a lot of fluff. I'm transparent, but I lead our guys in a way that they can follow and follow suit and, and uh, they can look up to me and look up to our staff. We hold them accountable. The expectation is that they act like grown men, you know, that they understand that everything they do, they, they represent their family, our program, you know, our, our president, our institution, our athletic director, everything these guys do, they represent our community. Um, a lot of people who have, who have put in a lot of hard work before them that might not have, that didn't have the resources that now that we have um, as a program. So I've got a lot of goals in different areas of the program. And I think the communication piece is, is key from your, from the top down leadership starts from the top down. We're going to run a developmental team. And uh, so there's a lot of moving parts going on, but I told my staff at our first staff meeting, we treat our number one guy the same way we treat our, our, 50th guy or whatever it may be, uh, you know, we love on those guys. We coach them up and we teach nonstop. Um, and again, I know I, I keep coming back to communication, but I think a lot of things get lost in the shuffle when you don't communicate, you know, letting guys know where they stand you know, depth chart wise, letting guys know what they need to work on, um, et cetera. I like what Nick Saban says. He always says about, you know, we don't have a lot of rules. We have expectations. And that's, that's always stuck with me. These guys, at least last year's team, we got a huge group coming in, but <clears throat> excuse me. They know what I expect out of, you know, they, they know how I expect them to act. No, no hats in the classroom. Take your hat off when you eat, sit in the first two rows of class, look people in the eye when you speak, you know, stuff like that, I think goes a really long ways. We use manners when we go out to eat or whatever it may be. So I've got a lot of goals and I could sit here for hours with you and and go over those, but I wanted to be grown men and I want to get an NCAA regional. I think that's huge. And we stacked our schedule this year. Uh, being NCA Division II independent, not easy to get into an NCA regional. But we've got Concord four times. Um, we're going to get West Virginia State on the schedule, Glenville State. We got Millersville. You know, we've got North Greenville. We got Lenore Ryan. We got Shorter, who was an NCA regional. Like we we got Anderson to open up the season. We got a really good schedule. We got Shepherd. Good. You know, we we I stacked it. If, if we want to get good, we got to beat the best teams. Hmm. You know, Absolutely. I mean, you're, I region, have, right? you're, you're playing the region championships. I mean, the last, what, five, six region championships, you, you're playing them. Yeah, that, that's the goal. You know, there's, I mean, there's we, regional guys at Millersville. I guess the only other one would be like, shoot, I guess in that region, maybe Westchester will be another one. Maybe you can. Millersville, Shepherd. I mean, Concord just played the, the Mountain East uh, championship. State yep. ended up beating them twice. 
State, yep. You know, Georgia was top 25. They were they finished third in the Gulf South. It's really tough. One of the best leagues in the country, yeah. So That's um, a great schedule, for sure. Oh, yeah. So our student assistant was sitting with us at our staff meeting. I'm going over our schedule for next year. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, but that that's just how I feel. That's We've got to play those teams. And I would rather lose a close game against one of those ranked opponents than go beat somebody 10 nothing that we should beat. You know, it's just I don't want to lose ever, but the reality of it is we're going to get better playing those teams. Um, and that's going to be another change to the culture here that, you know, when we bring in Millersville into, into Bluefield, West Virginia, and they're running out of a boatload of arms. And, um, I just think it's going to make it better. And I, I couldn't be more excited about the schedule we have put together. Yeah. You got your work cut out for you, man. That's for sure. Good for you, man. That's great. Uh, I think, yeah, you're just trying to build a culture too and a culture of winning. And like you got it, like you said earlier, you said speaking into exist existence, it's exactly where it starts, you know? And I think it's only going to help your recruiting too. People want to play those guys. Oh, Miller's will pass on me. Okay. We're going to go play them and you can go show them where you're mm-hmm. at. You know what I mean? So like, you can really use that. And Sheehan's is a great guy. I think it's only, you know, you're, you're surrounding yourself all, even with just great coaches too and how they won their program and kids can see like, this is what, you know, they've been the standard in that, in, in that, in that region, you know, mm-hmm. and, McCarty is Shepard. Um, McCarty, yeah, you know, McCarty's a dude. I get to play Kevin Garrett, who's I played for and I got to work under for a little bit. And my best friend Devin Smith, the associate head coach over there, and yeah, he'll he'll be the next guy in line. He'll he'll be the next guy to take that program over. And I mean, it's just going to be we get to play UVA wise. Brandon Costa, he's another Concord alum. Nice. Um, played played with Leather and those guys. Yeah. At Frederick. He's you know, at Frederick, so right? He went FCC. Yeah. Yeah, Costa was at Frederick, and now he's uh, the head coach at UVA Wise Division Two. So, I mean, I just I couldn't be more excited. And we've we've got, I am extremely excited about the, the recruiting class we have coming in. We got a shortstop transfer from Virginia Tech, um, who can really play. Braden Merrick got a got an all league shortstop out of Davie County High School. Blake Little we got a kid from Puerto Rico, Alfredo Carrion, on six five. We got a center fielder transfer from North Carolina Central. They did away with their program. Got an arm. We got their number three weekend arm coming from there. Got some really talent. Got a talented high school arm coming out of Asheboro. We we just we got a ton of talent coming in. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just the fall. Now that's a different conversation. But the fall is the best season. Uh, You know, we get to really evaluate our guys, see what we have, implement our systems, how we how we want to create the swing or how we want to construct the swing, the delivery. You know how we run the bases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you know, it's 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 going to be so much fun this fall with all the talent we have coming in and the guys that we bring back that were a part of last year's team and competition. You know, breeds winning, and it, it's just it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, man, yeah, I love that. The fall season is for surely a really fun time. It's just like the preseason in high school. You know, like just trying to get you get your guys see where they're at, and I think it's also going to show like the kind of guys that you want. You know, like this is going to continue the culture because if you're not you know, I can see like if kids, if they're not used to competing, that could definitely be something that, you know, like you'll, you'll be able to see pretty right away where if guys are going to like this competition or not. Mm-hmm. So like, let's dive into some development and stuff, man. Like what, what kind of things like, so, um, you know, we'll, from a development standpoint, um, you know, what, what kind of things do you think you do really well? Like what kind of things you uh, are, are you trying to, uh, let's say, I mean, we could go so many different routes here, like from a standpoint of like, cause I know you had your background in the private industry about developing pitchers. So I'm assuming, you know, is that something that you really took, took to, 
and kind of stick with with your at Bluefield? Yeah, so uh, I don't know if I do anything great to start off, but, you know, I definitely study and I put a lot of effort in. One of my buddies, my good mentors, Kirk Goodson, he owns back to State Academy. But, you know, for, from the pitching side, a lot of video. I, I use a lot of video. Um, there's only so many cues you can give to guys uh, without overcoaching them and, and making them become mechanical robots. So the athleticism part of the delivery is huge. And the swing and the pitching delivery, we want to keep guys athletic. Um, I use a lot of video because we have so we have so many – sorry about that. I just got a call from him. Okay. We have so many coaches that, you know, we, we, we cue guys up and we cue guys up and – I think it takes the athleticism out a lot of the times. And on top, everybody has cues, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think we overcoach a lot. But on top of that, I think that when we overcoach, you know, guys can't process and compete, especially in game. And that's one thing I went away from is in game, talking mechanics in game. I just, I, I don't do it. But back to development, I think that we have so much different verbiage for mechanics. Like you and I might, we might be talking about the same thing, but our words are completely different. So even if a kid doesn't quite interpret what we're saying, when we have it up on the TV and we can show them their movement, okay, now that makes sense, right? Because we're coaching them with words while they're pitching, you know, in a pen or whatever. And it's like they don't quite understand or grasp what we're saying, but when we, they can turn right around and look at the TV on the stand and, okay, I, I see what you mean. I'm not really holding tension in my back hip or, I'm not staying vertical in my upper body and the foot strike or whatever it is. Um, I, I think the video is, is huge. Uh, now, the feel aspect that, of that is, is big, too. We've got to be able to feel our adjustments. I always say the two Fs, film and feel. We've got to film it, and we got to be able to feel it. Uh, you know, so I'm really big on video. I really like the rep soto. I'm a huge fan of the rep soto. I know we've got guys on Twitter that are, you know, they think tech is taking over baseball. and But – you know, if, if I have two options, if I can guess about it or if I can measure it, I'm going to measure it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we always have to go with the data. But if it justifies or, or reinforces what we're trying to teach and we can know why, why not, you know, why not use the data? So I really like Rap Soto and uh, I, I'm finding so much out about it. I, I love checking out StatCast on MLB.com. Uh, you know, there's like, for example, there's very few guys in the big leagues that actually throw a two seam and a four seam, and they throw them above average. Like there's, there's very few guys that actually throw a legit two and four. So when we identify guys and their axis that they spin the baseball, whatever, it's like, Hey, you're, you're a 145 slot axis. And usually it correlates directly to the slot. Not always, but most of the time, like, Hey, you know, you're not a four seam guy. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you might grab a four seam from that slot and you get more horizontal break than you do a two. So that's where coaching's unique. You've got to figure out what works for that kid. But again, curveball slider. How many kids you run into on the travel circuit or on the on the recruiting trail or or 13 year olds that say they throw a curveball on a slider and then you put it up on the rep soto and one is a worse version than the other, or they're yep. the same. Yep. Or they're the same. You know, so if we can measure that stuff, why not measure it? 
you know, and that's that's what I like. Um, I, I really like the data, but again, it's a resource. It's not an end-all, be-all. You know, if you throw a slur, that that's not a bad thing. If you're getting guys out with it, mm-hmm. that's what matters. That's what matters at the end of the day. We're trying to get guys out. You know, not, not just be really good at throwing off the rep sodas. So I think there has to be a balance, but I think it's a resource. It's not a it's not an end-all, be-all. This is not just what we have. You know, or we don't just have to go off of this. But I, I do like I do like using it as a true resource. Do we spin the ball efficiently? We can't right. stay behind the baseball. You know, the spin rate. You're not going to have a true spin rate. You're not going to have vertical break on a high force, whatever it may be. So, you know, I, I really enjoy the rep soto. I really enjoy a lot, enjoy a lot of video. I film, I'll have the iPad out a lot this fall. Sure. Well, I think like you said too, it helps them learn it. When you know, we're like, Hey, stay behind the ball is a lot different than, Hey, here's the iPad. Here's how you're spinning the baseball. You need to get the ball spinning in this direction. You know, it's a, it's a visual, it's a visual. So, you think about what most players trade. Most players struggle to accept their identity as a pitcher, as a hitter, whatever. So if I've got a guy who's not very strong and he's trying to be plus 15 to 20 launch angle on a hitting rep soto and he's only hitting the ball 260 feet, but you take him down to f- plus five and he's hitting line drives in the six hole or you know hitting a hard ground ball, you know, I want line drives. That's always our goal. But if, if he ends up hitting the ground ball on the left side of the field and we can't pull him out or he's hitting low line or, or hard line drives off the top of the L screen, that, that's that's who you are. You know, so being able to identify and accept that you know, these kids have to accept who they are doesn't mean we can't change. But um, until they do make adjustments or get stronger, whatever movements get, gets better, we have to identify who you are. Most guys that throw inside of one o'clock slot on a fastball around one o'clock, they're going to be forcing breaking ball and more of a straight change. You know, most guys that throw outside of that 115 or lower, they're going to sink the ball, especially under 130. They're going to sink the ball. It's They're going to pitch east to west, mm-hmm. you know, again, identifying those guys and helping them understand who they are as a pitcher. Most guys say they throw a cutter. It's a bad fastball. That's all it is. You know, most guys are cutting that one out of every hundred kids throws a legit cutter. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, like, I see 12 year olds all the time in my facility, like, I'm gonna throw a cutter. I'm like, look, you you don't spin the fastball well. All that cut fastball is doing is making your force team worse. You need to learn to stay behind the baseball and spin the ball well before you try and cut the ball. You know, you can't come in the force team yet. And you're trying to you're trying to throw a cutter. Why? You know, so identifying who you are. Most guys don't throw a 12 6 curveball. I can't tell you how many kids, college guys, young kids, when we do our group settings, um, we, we do our group pitching clinics, these kids, I throw a 12-6. Well, no, you throw a slur at 745. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine if you're getting people out, but just know you don't have that depth. Mm-hmm. You've got a little depth, you've got a lot of glove side action. So I, I just I, I think it's great. I think it's great for knowing who you are. Um, but again, at the end of the day, hitters give us the best feedback. All right. And if we're pairing up pitches well with the fastball, we're getting guys out. That's what matters. You know, are we getting guys out? Uh, so, and, and hopefully that gives you, I, I, I'm really big as far as free throw. I don't mind a little plyos to get loose. I don't want my guys throwing for 15 minutes on a plyo. You know, I like Chapman. I think Chapman grabs a seven or eight ounce ball on the pin. He throw, like, I'm all about getting loose. However, however you need to get the body going. I like med ball really big on the bands. We do yoga once a week, or we try to at least mix in yoga at least once a week as a team. Mobility's huge. 
you know, I don't, we don't do a lot of long distance. If a guy needs it and he thinks it makes him feel better, I'm all for it. Because if that's what you have to do to get ready on the mound, that's great. But I like a lot of fast twitch, change of direction, explosive movements. Uh, you look at a sprinter and you look at a cross country runner and no disrespect to either, but as a pitcher, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of pitches. It's a lot of small sprints that make up a marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at a sprinter, they're cut, they're explosive. Cross country runners, their muscles are a little bit longer. You know, it's it's more of a, obviously it's a long distance, it's a marathon. So, and and they don't stop. So we want to train in that way to get explosive. You know, weight room. I like Olympic lifts. I like a ton of mobility stuff. Um, so you know, I want these guys to be athletic. I guess at the end of the day is is the best way to put it. I want you to be athletic on the mound, and and I want to be able to throw at a, at a high intensity level without being maxed effort. Now, and, and will you, will you still take on the role as pitching coach, but that being your big expertise, will you just kind of keep that or you're still trying to be pitching coach and then let someone else do the run the offense? You're hitting. Coach yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want to, I don't want to try and control everything. Yeah. That's, that's when, that's when everything goes to crap in my opinion. Um, Evan Rekel, the guy I just hired, him and Kevon Monsky will run the offense. Yeah. And obviously there's going to be things that I want inside of our offense, the way we train, and um, and we'll work together to make sure that that gets done. But you know, I, I want guys that, like I said before, that I can trust to, to run the offense and I can trust to do their job. And I want to delegate. I don't think any company or any organization has ran well if you don't delegate responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, if I try and take on all that, like why hire the other guys? Why have a staff? If I'm going to try and run it. I let my catchers call pitches. If I, if I feel like something needs to be called in at a certain time, I'll relay something. But I want pitchers to learn to be accountable. Like, hey, you no, know, you know, you could have thrown a different pitch, but you didn't execute the pitch you threw. It's not the catcher's fault. You know, you didn't execute the pitch. So I'll I'll run the pitchers. Uh, my assistant coach Guzzi, he'll help me with the pitchers. Because there's going to be times where I've got other things I've got to take care of. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll focus on the pitchers. I think it's harder at the higher levels when those guys are, you know, SEC, Power 5. Those guys spend so much time recruiting, fundraising. You know, there's – and I'm doing all that stuff, so you could argue it's the opposite at our level. It could be, even be harder here because we wear so many hats. But right. you know, I would be doing these guys a disservice if I didn't relay the information I've learned on the map. You know, I, I would yeah, not be, exactly. doing, I wouldn't be doing my job if I just. Now let someone else. Yeah. Now hopefully we get to a point as a program. We've got one full time right now. Hopefully we get to a point as a, as a program. We have two full time. I've got a pitching guy, a hitting guy, and then I can help mentor the pitching guy. Um, Cause I don't have it figured out by any means, but again, I do think there's information that I know that I can relate to those guys, but um, I want to be able to help those guys. Now, this is a different conversation, but I'll touch on it because I always do. The biggest misconception in our game is that just because, okay, I got drafted and I played in the minor leagues two seasons, a short season. Okay? To me, you know, I'm proud of it, but it's not a huge deal on the grand scale. I didn't play in the big leagues, but people will assume that because I played any level of professional baseball that I know what I'm doing. Right. And that is, that is the furthest thing from the truth. You know, um, some of the best guys I've ever been around weren't great players, you know, but they relay information well, they communicate extremely well, and they simplify things to be able to to teach guys on a level they can understand. Um, And so I think that, you know, I don't try and I don't talk a lot about that because it's relevant 10 years ago. 
I'm coaching the guys right now to make them better. My experiences might help at maybe at certain times, but it's not about me. And I tell those guys that all the time. So um, I, I think there's so many young coaches that don't get a shot because they didn't play power five or they didn't play professionally. So, you know, um, and again, there are things to be um, proud of. And there are things that those guys learn playing at higher levels, but I'm telling you some of the best coaches in the game, I feel like are at the small college level, at the high school level, at the amateur travel levels that just don't get a shot because they don't have that on their resume. So that's a different conversation, but I always want to give those guys credit because there's so many good coaches that get looked over. Yeah, I think it's a huge thing. That's not talked about at all, you know, and uh, you see all the even the beefs, even just in our, within our game, you know, um, and you see the crap on social media and things like that. But I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, and even my I mean, take it a step farther for me, like I'm like, you know, like I'm from Maryland, you know, and I'm coaching Maryland in our Maryland public school is like. 18 games maybe with the easter tournament and like you're playing 20 games everybody gets in the tournament like you know mm -hmm. it's it's not baseball focused there's no it's not a you know and and but there's some of the best coaches i know that are in the country that are in this area they just happen to live here you know so even to taking a step farther where like yeah just because we're from maryland doesn't mean that we can't they, these guys couldn't coach in the south you know or these guys okay. couldn't have run a college program they just you chose life you know like you just well, the way that life happens you know and and right. and absolutely not but i think the really good coaches know those because i think as a good coach it's just like being a good player like you respect talent you know and when you're a good coach you respect other good coaches and and uh, you just know where those, those talents are so i think that but that's that is 100% agree like is a big misconception in our game uh some of the best hitters i know could they don't know how they did it they're like oh, hitting absolutely. hitting's easy i woke up on christmas morning and get to hit like it was you know people don't know right oh yeah it's you know so it's but that's where as a coach i have to go out and hire guys that are passionate and they want to learn doesn't necessarily mean you play at the highest level you know, I think those are always, you know, are continuing education in the game. You know, do you want to keep learning? Are you passionate about what you do? And can you communicate well with others? You know, I know I've said that a million times, but if you can't communicate in this game, it, just, it doesn't matter. You know, if you can't communicate with guys, it just it, it's, it's irrelevant. You can know everything, but if you can't relay it in a simplified manner to, to your players, you know, because a lot of the times they don't need they don't need too much information. You know, we, we could talk about the pelvis and the hip socket and yada, yada, yada. But hey, we just need to tell them, hey, let's get in a better preset position, stay in that back hip, keep it simple. You know, we, we don't have to overcoach these guys. Mm -hmm. That's the reason you recruit them in the first place. They can play. There's a foundation. Now, at our level, you know, at the Division two level, there's usually a tool missing or they, they bloomed late. You know, there, there's a reason, you know, they can really stick it. They can really hit, but they don't run well or that the arm doesn't play or the velo is not quite there, but they compete their butt off and they can spin it. They can back it up like they compete on the mound. So uh, I find a lot of times at the small college level and I'm going into year eight coaching at the small college level, you know, these kids get overlooked because they are missing the tool, whether it's size, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so if they have that foundation, they've got some athleticism, they've got some more speed, we can develop those guys. Because at this level, it's not power five. They, they still develop, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys, but uh, they're, they're recruiting guys that can come in usually right away and they can play. 
Um, even if you don't teach them anything, those guys can still come in and compete. We might have a guy who has the tools to compete, but he's just not quite there yet. You know, so, um, you know, if, if that's, I love the recruiting. I mean, the recruiting process is, is my favorite. Meeting parents, um, getting to know mom and dad, kid, calling coaches on them, figuring out what positions they can play, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think that's really fun at our level. Sometimes you got to get creative. Um, when, when making a lineup. Dude, this is great. Oh, loving this stuff, man. So I'm just thinking about like the developmental part of it. Cause the thing that comes to mind is like, are you going to focus on the one thing that they don't do well? Or are you going to kind of like, let's say, like I said, the guy doesn't run well, but he can rake. Like, are you still just like, look, you just need to keep raking or do you try to maybe bring, create that better tool where he can run to maybe see if he can get a look for the next level? Well, I think I was talking to a guy yesterday about this. If we didn't mention mechanics, pitching or hitting mechanics, but most incoming freshmen, even some junior college guys, whatever, getting guys in the weight room, mm your movements get better. When you get stronger and you get more mobile, you create more stability in the body, uh, your, your movements get better. So there's so many guys that benefit and that haven't been in a good weight program. Um, even before they get instruction, they get better. And I, I was one of those guys. I got instruction in college, but I was up for 80s, touched like a nine every now and then coming into college. And I left touching mid 90s. But I got strong. I got in the weight room. I learned to move better or I moved better from learning to lift better and squat better, deadlift, whatever it was. Um, so when you mentioned that, you know, we're obviously going to go to work on weaknesses. You know, I think that's huge. Um, now, if we got a guy that runs a seven, eight, even if we get him to a seven, five, sixty, like still still doesn't run well. Right. But we're still going to try and improve that. But we're also going to recognize and understand like, hey, your, your stick is your tool. You know, at, at my level, since we're not fully funded and you only have nine scholarships division two, I try not to bring a ton of those guys in that can't run because if I bring you in as a first baseman and you don't hit and you can't move, you really serve no value. Right. If you're not hitting because you can't go out and be a defensive guy in a corner outfield or whatever it may be. So um, that's a little bit different conversation. But, you know, we we want to go to work on that. You know, for example, most pitchers coming in and I was one of them, out of the high school level, do not understand how to control the run game. They're one fives to the plate. Mm -hmm. It's a one count and go or a two count and go. There's really no variation in their holds and looks, which, by the way, I think is the best way to hold the run game, not by picking. Uh, but they really don't have a clean understanding of how to manage the run game. So that's an area that a lot of guys struggle, and we work on that every day, base running. Some of our faster guys don't understand how to run the bag. Every day after dynamic stretch, we do some type of base running piece. Um, so going back to what, what you were talking about, you know, we, we got guys that can run, got guys that can hit, can't run the bags. They don't understand how to run the bag. So I think I think it's important that we find those deficiencies, those weaknesses, and, and, and we exploit them in the fall and we go to work on them, you know, and – you know, we, you're not going to have many guys at this level that have five tools. There will be some, but but not many. Um, mm -hmm. So that goes back to our conversation earlier is, hey, who, who are you as a player? 
what's your what's your identity as a as a player? You know, you're lefty, 78 to 83. You got good sink and a good change up, back foot breaking ball. That's good. Probably not going to, you know, you're going to live down and away. We'll get inside at times to establish the inner part of the plate, but you're probably not going to live on the inner half of the plate against the right-handed hitter with 18 inches of horizontal break on, on a two-seam. Mm-hmm. Not many guys can back whip a fastball, start it on the hip, and throw it on the inner half, you know, without running into the middle of the plate. But, um, and, and I think most guys, and that's where Soto comes in in technology, they just don't understand who they are as a player, who they are as a hitter. Um, so I think the technology can help reinforce that. Doesn't mean everything. Um, doesn't tell us everything. Doesn't measure heart and tangibles like that. But I think it does help uh, tremendously. So that's I guess that's that's my biggest thing with how we build. Mm. So like I'm just thinking of like when you go into your structure and your practice plans. I'm just thinking of like the type of hitters, you know, um, and even the type of pitcher, but especially hitting wise. Will you just as you help them become understand who they are, will you then put them in certain groups based off of like, Hey, you guys are all kind of the same. Uh, you guys here, here, either, here's our big corner guys, big power guys. Here are very speed guys. Are you going to, you basically, is that how you structure them, put them together when it comes to uh, practice? We, we can, we can. I, I think there's a lot of principles in the swing and my hitting coach could speak more on this, but you know, we hit with really good posture trying to stay in that back hip, stay in the ground as long as we can. Uh, we're balanced, things like that. But I, I don't think we necessarily break them up into groups um, because I don't think we need – you shouldn't need four guys like you to understand who you are. Now, does it help? Absolutely. When we do small group work, it, we'll probably break it up that way, corner guys, middle guys, outfielders, um, you know, but whatever setting you're in, I think you still have to identify and understand who you are as a player. Um, but I think it, it it probably is beneficial that when we do small group work, that we you know we've got left-handed hitters that run really well. Like hey, we're gonna we're, we bunt every day. Yeah, that's one thing we do. We bunt every single day. So maybe we work a little bit more with the drag in that group, or we're working on maybe hitting a hard ground ball on the backside of the field with our left-handed guys that can really run. What whatever it may be. Um, you know, pitchers, we're putting all our left-handers together because we got to work on our moves. That's another thing we do every single day. Um, and I think that stuff is important for muscle memory and et cetera, whatever. Um, but one thing that I really like, and, and again, I told you my fall is the, the fall is my favorite. I really like the competition that gets, that, that's breeded in the fall. I really like whether it's, we got exit velos running in the cage and we split them up into two teams of 10 and we take the high, whatever team has the highest average exit below, whatever it is. Mm. I love the competition and I love seeing it. And I paid off from this. I love seeing kids come from not so good high school program. They get into the college setting and they get around guys that are better than them or as good or better than them. And it really raises their level of training. A lot of guys don't know how to work. You know, and I know that sounds silly. They don't know what to do. They don't know what a routine looks like from the T to flips to machine to post recovery, whatever. A lot of guys don't understand how to work hard. They don't understand when to go hard and when not to. They don't really understand that. Um, And I know that sounds silly, but I didn't really understand how to truly work hard and do it in an efficient way where I wasn't killing myself. So putting some of these young guys around some of the older guys, I love it. You know, I told the guys coming into this fall, Every position on our field is wide open. You know, 
I'm going to play the best players. I don't care if I got nine 18-year-olds on the field. It doesn't matter to me. I'm playing the very best players to give us the best opportunity to win. You know, and if I've got some tweeners uh, or if I've got some guys that are similar, I'm going with the guy who's got the higher academics. You know, and I'm not saying like if I got a 2-2 GPA, I got a 3-8 and they're the same player. No brainer. I'm going with the guy that I can trust in the classroom that's that's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, and we we haven't talked a lot about that, but, um, you know, that to me, that is we give a lot of help academically with our student success and all that stuff. But that is just one thing that I think I've got two guys coming in, maybe three underneath a 3.0. You know, so the academic side is huge because all this stuff we're talking about, if you don't handle your academics, you're probably not going to attack your baseball stuff in the same manner. You know, you know, we want guys that attack the classroom the same way they attack the field. Now, they probably enjoy the baseball field a whole lot more than they do the classroom. But I want guys that compete in the classroom just as hard as they do on the field. Because how much easier is it to show up to the field and compete for a job when you know you've handled your business in the classroom? Mm-hmm. But you know in the back of your mind you're out here trying to win a job, but you're not doing your work in the classroom. You're not doing the things you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, it's it's you got a lot more on your, your on your conscience. So um, that that that's a part that that I haven't really touched on a lot. But the academic side is just so important to us. Um, it's a privilege to get on the baseball field. And if you don't take care of the academics, you lose that privilege. Absolutely. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you touched base on it. And we can absolutely dive into all that. Um, I think it comes back to, too, like you said earlier about when the maturity comes, the, the baseball player will come with it. You know, the more mature you get, the better ball player you're going to be. You're thinking better. You're making better decisions. You're doing things that you, uh, know that you have to do, even though you might not feel like doing them. That's really maturity. Right. You know what I mean? Like maturity is like, look, I just, I got to get these things done. And I kind of liked it because I know I have to get them done and most people won't feel like it, you know? So um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of comes down to what you're saying there too. So man, by all means, like, will you do like competitions with certain things? Like you said about the one, like with that, with the, with like the GPA and stuff like that, or is it just like the standard and say like, do you have study halls or like, what are you kind of doing to kind of keep that, hold that line, hold that expectation? I, this fall, I'll put all of my freshmen um, in study groups, and we'll have some guys. We have some tutors. We're, we're a state school, so we've got some guys that do work study. They tutor. Excuse me. Um, we'll, we'll put our guys in the study groups to help them. Really, for me, it's the expectation. Yeah. You know, and it's recruiting good students. But but just because you had a 3-8 in high school doesn't mean you're going to have a 3-8 in college. Can you handle the adversity of a schedule, 50-game schedule? Can you handle the adversity of practice five days a week in the fall? Uh, you know, mom and dad not being there to hold you accountable to, to get out of bed. You know, so I think we have to have support. I don't think we can't just let those guys just try and go by themselves and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And hold their hand in everything. Um, you know, I have a standard. I want a 3.2 GPA. That, that's what I would like to see. Um, so but I, I don't really run competitions with it because I think if I've got a guy that's doing everything he absolutely can in classroom, he's going to tutoring, he's going to study groups and he gets two five. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up for that guy. You know, if I got a guy that's not doing what he's supposed to do and he's got a two five, but he could be a three five, then I've got an issue with that kid. Right. You know, everyone's built differently academically. Um, I think everyone can give the same effort, but 
but that doesn't mean everyone's going to get the same results. You know, like I just said, lazy guy gets to do five. One guy working really extremely hard gets to do five. You know, I'm not going to shame both of them, you know, because my, my one guy worked his tail off and that's what he got. He did everything he could to get that two five and we'll celebrate that and we'll keep pushing it. Everyone's not built equally. And we, we understand that. Um, you know, some guys learn better. Some guys have to put in more work. Um, so, uh, but the academic side to me, I do grade checks. We do classroom checks. You know, we want to make sure that our guys are showing up to class is 95% of the battle. Getting out of bed and, and just being where you're supposed to be on time. So that that's a different conversation. But, uh, you know, again, the expectations. I don't have a lot of rules. I got a lot of expectations for these guys. And if they don't meet those, then they need to, they'll, they'll have to hopefully get it in gear. And if they can't do that after a while, then they'll have to find somewhere else to play. Because in our program, it's the expectation that we handle ourselves in the classroom and we're grown men. Because baseball comes after the academic side. Oh, yeah, and like I said, uh, one of your one of your pillars is just accountability, you know, and it's just so uh, it's just that's where all that comes in, knowing that you're be accountable. And I'm sure you're kind of working towards, you know, being that player led, where the kids end up holding each other to that to that standard as well. They police themselves, yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, you know, the hardest thing to do in life, I think, is to admit that you're wrong. Yeah. Like, hey, that's that was my fault. You know, yeah. like that's on me. But. Once you can learn to do that, you can move forward. You can't move forward until you can self-reflect and evaluate, self-evaluate yourself. Like, hey, that's my fault. I was in the wrong. Now, I, you know, once you admit that, you can move forward and grow. But and until you can accept accountability, you can't really move forward with anything. You can't grow mentally. You can't you just can't grow, you know. And, and most guys that aren't accountable, they're not coachable at all. I mean, they're not coachable at all, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, that that's accountability is is a huge huge piece. I want these guys to have fun. You know, we're not running a marine. It's not boot camp. We're gonna have fun, but winning is fun. Doing things the right way is fun. You know, how much fun do guys have when they don't do things the right way and they lose? You know, okay. you do things the right way and you lose some tight games. You know, you're still having fun on the baseball field. There's a lot worse things in life than competing for nine innings on a baseball field. But we've got to do things the right way. You know, when I first took over, we're getting off the bus all at different times. We got guys trying, they got Crocs on, trying to walk onto the field. And and I'm like, look, you know, we, we, we function together. We move together. We do things as a unit, as a team. You might all have different identities, and that's fine. But it all says Bluefield State on the front of our jersey. We, we operate as a unit together. You know, we represent ourselves, our, our families, our schools. So, um, organization again back to the first thing we talked about was structure uh, you know so trying to, to build that that structure hey we're 15 minutes early to everything we do you know uh, stuff like that is is extremely important to me and that's all stuff coaching everything you've learned as a teacher and a coach is probably something that you've learned from somebody else right oh yeah you know my, my college coach is I owe that guy the world uh, Kevin Garrett I mean, he's, I was immature when I got to when I got to college you know, I thought everything was just about baseball. It took me a while, probably a little bit longer than others. You know, I'm one paper away from finishing my MBA. Most people would tell you I would tell you I'd never get my MBA. But that man instilled so much structure in me and accountability. I had no choice but to accept it. You know, I had no choice but to grow. Um, now, there were some hard times. I made some bad decisions. I mean, nothing crazy, but I had to learn. I had my growing pains. Sure. Um, but I want to be. I want to be that guy, that Andrew Wright. He's director of player development for the Yankees now. He was at University of Charleston. He was my pitching coach the year I got drafted at Concord. 
um, that guy taught me a lot, you know, how to face adversity. A lot of these kids don't know what adversity truly is. They just think it's they went over four. Not, hey, I've got a $400 AEP bill, but I've still got to put groceries on the table. You right. know, oh, and by the way, I need a new roof on my house. You know, or somebody's sick. Like, a lot of these guys, and I didn't know either at that age. So, handling adversity, that all goes back to being accountable, you know, perseverance. Um, you know, and one thing I'll say, and I'm jumping around a little bit, but in the World Series, I kept telling our guys, I just kept telling them, we got kicked out of our hotel rooms during the tournament. There was just some some logistical errors. Uh, we had to move hotels, you know, uh, that we, we faced so much adversity in that tournament. We had to get beat twice in the championship game, got absolutely destroyed by Xavier University of Louisiana, had LSU transfer, had some really good guys. Um, we got destroyed. But I just kept telling them the whole tournament, like, hey, don't ride that roller coaster. Don't ride that emotional roller coaster. Like, we have to stay persistent in everything we're doing like we have to keep pushing forward like we can't there's going to be ups there's going to be downs we've got to keep pushing forward and i think that just holds true to life you know like you get a big bill in the mail you never know you might get a, a raise at work later on that week but if you pout and you're not confident you, and you don't you don't keep working you don't try and push through that adversity usually good things don't happen for you you know, so I'm always just real big on when something really good happens, there's probably something, there's going to be a tough time coming, tough time. And when, when tough times are happening, something good's going to come. So I think keeping that consistent approach in your mindset in your everyday life is, is huge. What can you control? And if you can't control what's happening around you, then, you know, don't, don't focus on it. But I was 21. I didn't think like this. That's you know, right. I was 20. I was, I was 19, you know, so trying to get these guys to even think a little bit like that. Um, I, I think is is big. Baseball just teaches you so much, um, and you know, obviously, you can tell I love it. But absolutely, that's awesome. That's exactly what this is about, man. That's exactly why I knew you'd be a great guy for uh, for to be able to talk to. I love being able to talk to just like minded dudes. And uh, so, my question is, so from the coaching standpoint, is thinking like these are the things you want to teach. So, do you have you talk about classroom check, but do you have classroom sessions about these kind of things? Like, let's say the things that you want to. <laughs> control you know like that's a lesson hey we are, we're really struggling with that you know like so do will you have like a classroom session uh about we have that? a lot of talks about that stuff yeah we have a lot of talks about that stuff in the practice start practice um I, I try i communicate in the group me app a ton i try and send you know whether it's pictures with quotes or whatever i just, I just try and say it's not just one thing you know it's it's our culture it's our it's how we operate every day. It's how we communicate. Now, one thing that I started doing, and maybe this is this helps with what you're asking. One thing that I started doing this year um, is I started an Into the Real World series for my guys. And what I do is I bring in different professionals from all areas of life, police officers, um, preachers. Uh, we brought in small business owners. We brought in IT guys to talk to the guys about their story, their, their path of how they got to where they were facing their adversity in life, um, what they do in their everyday career, professional careers. Uh, you know, because I, I want these guys to start to figure out what they want to do in life. A lot of these guys, they say you change your major like two or three times on average. So they really like, you know, I'm still coach at the end of the day. They see me every day. Right. But when they can hear it from others about the adversity they face, about what they do for a, a professional, what they do for their professional career, 
Um, they can ask questions. Hey, how did you get here? What decisions did you make to do this? Um, you know, what was it like? Was it hard? You know, what, what's the income potential for a job like you have? Like just, I want these guys to be curious. I want them to have questions. I want them to learn about what maybe what they're passionate about. Maybe they decide, okay, oh, I heard him speak. Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I do want to be a police officer. Maybe this is what I want to do with my career. So I think they've enjoyed it. Maybe they'll tell you something different, but it seems like they've really enjoyed it. I've brought in a lot of business, um, a lot of small business owners. I've brought in counselors, preachers, like I said, police officers, um, you know, just so many different professionals to speak to our guys. Um, the IT guy was awesome, teaching our guys how to utilize their phone. My buddy Rodney Casey, he's an IT. He does his own, own small business. With, he does reviews on YouTube with, like, different types of IT. Um, teaching guys how to use their phones efficiently to manage their tasks and manage their day and organizational skills, stuff like that. So I'm going to continue that the entire year. I don't overwhelm them with stuff because they have, you, you know, being a student athlete, you you have so much on your plate. Oh, yeah. Um but, but once a week or once every two weeks, I try and bring in professionals to speak to our guys, and, um, just just give them some insight on to how they got where they were and why they're successful and what they're doing. And uh, I hope the guys appreciate it, you know, um, and it's something we'll continue to do. Oh, yeah. So you, so you said you do try to do that once a week. Uh, once every couple of weeks, you know, on availability and guys that can can be there. Um, I try and put a quote or some type of motivational quote into uh, our practice plan sometimes, you know, the, but a lot of it's our daily communication. Yeah, it's our daily communication. You know, one thing I got on a guy this year in the World Series, he said something. And I remember asking him, like, hey, if your son saw you when you have a son, if he saw you acting this way, would you be OK with it? One of my kids was like, no, no, coach, I would. You know, you know, I want these guys to, to remember that they're 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 learning and they're getting set up to be fathers, husbands, co-workers. You know, baseball's a small part. While we do hope that they're making a you know a 60, 40, 40, 50, 60 year commitment to Bluefoot State, it's not just a four-year commitment. You know, I'm 10 years removed out of Concord and I couldn't be prouder that I played there. The thing right. that we accomplished on the things we accomplished on the field were ranked in the country, played in the NCAA tournament multiple times, whatever. But the brotherhood that I created, the relationships that I created, um, you know, we hope these guys understand they're making a 40 year commitment. They'll learn that as they go, as they get deeper into the process. But, you know, uh, the communications that we have with these guys on a daily basis, I think impacts them more than they probably realize as long as we're doing what we're supposed to do and we're leading by example, you know, you know, because to some of these guys that we're, we are their father figure, some of these guys don't have dads at home. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these guys, or maybe don't have a good example of what a father should be doing. And and I'm, we never aim to be their father or be a replacement for that. But I I, I strive to be someone these guys can look up to, just the same way my college coaches were to me. Um, and that's why I think it's so important. If you go look at Tim Corbin, you go look at Brian O'Connor. You know, you go look at all the different coaches in college baseball. They lead from the top. They set the tone. They, you know, they are the measuring stick, the way they act, the way they react. You know, uh, and we talk about that all the time. Your reaction to everything, is, it, the way you react is everything. Can you take the emotion out of your reaction and react in a proactive way? Okay, how can I fix this? Not, 
not, oh, this sucks. Woe is me. How can I fix this? What can I do to get over this, get through this? Like how, what can I do to, okay, I struck out. Why did I strike out? What can I do to move forward? And I think getting in that mindset is the mental side of the game is not talked about. Mm. You know, it's just all about the physical tool and the results. The mental side of the game is not spoke on enough. You know, what is my, what's my thought process? What is my, how do I clear my thought? Okay, I took a bad swing. Am I readjusting my batting gloves? Am I fixing my, my helmet, my hat, whatever? What is my, what is my, my wipe it clear? What's my, what's my sequence to wipe it clear? And, and, re, and what's my reset button, I guess is what I'm getting to. Yep. You know, hit that big reset button. So the mental side's not talked about enough. But again, like we talked about earlier, we first have to do this well off the field, in the classroom, you know, in the community. You know, we do some community service stuff. Like we have to act the same way and, and, and take all these principles off the field and then on the field, that's last. But if we're doing those off the field, usually they're on the field. The results come. The lessons are learned. You know, so uh, it, it's all a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because then the, those things just happen as the end result. You know, it's just the end result of the process. Yeah, it's, it's, a, byproduct. Byproduct. it's a byproduct. Winning is a byproduct. Yep. Doing those things, doing the right things that you were talking about. Absolutely. Oh man, the the reaction, the response, all those things you control. Absolutely, you control how you do that. So that was for absolutely. So like, um, when you think of like the mental game, like where do you like to instill that the most? Like where do you find the best places to do that? Was just that again? Is it the daily communication? Uh, do you bring it in a part of your BP? Do you bring it in part of maybe a side session? Like where do you find the best ways to incorporate the mental game? So we brought a motivational speaker in. Uh, her name is Valerie Burrell this year, and she was great. And this is just one segment, but she challenged our guys a lot. And she asked every guy on our team, what, what's your why? Mm-hmm. What's your why? I remember Butch Thompson, actually, I'll get to see them uh, next week. We're going down to work the Auburn camp. My staff is, and I'm two of the guys on my staff. I'm excited. He, he's had some of the, I only worked two of his camps, but he's the, uh, he is just such a good guy. I learned so much just from being around him in a small time. And, and he's a role model for me. I strive the way he communicates with players. I'll never forget. He told me, and I'll go back to Valerie, but he told me you have to build guys up before you try and break them down. Yeah. You know, like guys, you can't always tell it. can't all be negative. Like people need to, they need to know that they're valued. They need to know that what they do is, is valued. They need to know that they have ability, not just physical skills, but mental, you know, what they bring to the table as a teammate, you know, you got to build guys up before you break them down. But Valerie challenged our guy, like, what's your why? Our guys, what's your why? Like, why are you doing? And some guys would kind of look at the floor and they didn't really know what to say. Other guys were like, I want to win. And that's fine. If that's your goal, other guys are saying, you know, my why is my education. That's fine too. Everyone's got a different why. But I remember that morning, we had a lot of guys kind of like, you could tell they were really like thinking in, in their mind, like, I don't really know. I, I, I got, what's my purpose? Like, why am I here? What, you know, um, Butch always says, what's your playbook? Or I, I, he said, what's your playbook? The year I worked camp at 17. And he said for him, it's his, it's scripture. Like the Bible is, is his playbook. You know, I thought that was great. You know, now not everybody has faith in God and that, that's fine. I don't push those on guys. I, I like to think that, I'm a faithful person, but you know, what is your, why, what motivates you? What drives you? Why are you doing this? You know? And I think that's, that's challenging right there um, to get young men to think in that manner. Most of them just like, Hey, I've been playing this game my whole life. It's just what I do. 
But no, no, baseball is a platform. Like we want to serve others. And that's my goal. A guy told me the other day working at Team USA camp, uh, he said, you know, he just got done playing. He was talking about how different it was. You know, he's like, I, I just don't feel like I have the same impact when I was a player. I said, I was like, and I thought about it for a second. I was like, look, you're going to have a larger impact. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you have impacted your teammates, and that's great as a player. But now you have the ability. You're out here working with kids. You know, you're out here working with young men that want to get the same position you were. Now you have a bigger voice, you know, because going into coaching, you're doing lessons. You're going to have a bigger audience to be able to impact. And he was like, I didn't really think about it like that or, you know, contemplating it. And it's like, you know, I think we let baseball be our identity sometimes, but it's just what we do. It's not who we are. Mm-hmm. It's our it's our platform to, you know, set leadership example, you know, set the culture and, and just prepare guys for real life. But oftentimes, and I went through it when I got out of the minor leagues, it's like, man, baseball was my identity. That's I let it become who I am, but it's not who I am, you know. Uh, it's just what I do. Uh, you know, I'm a father, I'm a husband, um, you know, business owner, whatever it may be, but those are still, you know, I want to, I want to impact and serve people, but I don't want to just be recognized for baseball, you know? So again, all that goes to off the field stuff. You know, we can talk X's and O's and data and all that, but we got to get guys in the right mindset. And we have to get guys that, that act like grown men or in the process of becoming grown men. Mm-hmm. Everybody just gets better. You just surround yourself with good people, you know, just like from the staff standpoint. But if we all become more mature, but better people, we all grow as a whole for sure. We have to be challenged. We have to be challenged. Me as a coach, I have to be challenged. I want my assistants to challenge me. I might not always listen to what they say because I'm going to make the final decision with the lineup or whatever, but I absolutely always want their opinion. Might not always take it, but I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to value it. You know, and, and then I'm going to make the decision like, hey, OK, we're going to go with what what coach proposed or, or we're not. Or maybe we're going to do a part of it. But I want people's opinions. I want to be challenged. If you're not second guessing yourself, you're I don't think you're in the right ballpark. Mm. You know, you have to second guess yourself a little bit because that's forward thinking. That's continuing education. That's, that's trying to wake up every day and learn. You know, um, am I doing what's best for my guys? Am I doing what's best for these young men? Um, you know, and I try and give a balance. I try and check on these guys. There's, think about how much pressure you're creating now, social media. Yeah, you know, a lot. You're, you're a 10th grader and you're not committed yet. It's like, well, no, you're in 10th grade. You're not supposed to be committed yet. But they see that kid that's throwing 88 in 10th grade and he's committed. It's like, no, that, that's not how that's supposed to be. Um, you know, the pre- just the pressure and everything from social media, performance anxiety, um, I, I think a, a text or a meeting or just pulling a guy to the side, you doing all right? You know, checking in on guys. Guys will play hard for you if they know you care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't just always be result, results, results. You have a 70 RA, still love you. You know, I still care about you. You might not be getting as many innings or, you know, but I don't not love you. I don't not care about you because you're struggling a little bit. That's just part of the process. That's part of your story. You know, we're going to get through it. We're going to get better, but I'm not going to, that's one thing I really, I don't want to treat guys differently just because they don't want, you know? Uh, and I think that happens all the time in, in athletics. It's like, you know, you're not performing for me. Like I'm going to treat you differently. No, I mean, you might not play as much, you know, you might not be in a lineup, but yeah. 
I still love you as a person. And you got to love on these guys. You got to, they, they need to know that you care about them. Because, I mean, they got girlfriends. They've got academics. They've got baseball. They've got peer pressure. They have so much. They've got family. They've got sickness. Everybody's dealing with something. You know? So you got to check in on these guys. Now, when it comes game day, practice time, the ability to set that stuff to the side um, and, and stay on task, that's, that's what separates guys. Guys that don't let their off-field issues flood onto the field. Mm-hmm. That's what really separates. That's what separates guys. So, um, but I, I do think it's so important to establish relationships with your guys. Now, there's got to be boundaries, but you know, I, at the end of the day, we're all human, and we want. I recruited you for a reason. I brought right. you into this program. I'm not going to treat you any differently. Or I'm going to try. And, I, I, I heck, hope I'm not. I don't want to treat you any differently just based off how you're performing. You know, so that's just a little tidbit there. Oh, man, that was that was great, man. It was just preaching it, preaching it, loving it. Uh, just rapid thing. We're over here. We're over an hour already, man. Like, uh, I guess I'm just I like to respect your time and and um, would love to see if, 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 if anybody would want to reach out to you, maybe find more things, more details about the stuff that you're talking about. Maybe I know you just. You really, 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 you can say you're really educated and well first with like Rapsodo and things like that. So what's the best way for someone to contact me to talk some more baseball? Just send me an email. Uh, a Bailey at bluefieldstate.edu. Um, you know, I'll help all I can. I, obviously, I'm, I'm learning every day just like everybody else. But, you know, I'll help people all I can. There's a lot of people that have helped me in my career. There's a lot of people that still help me. Um, I think we all need help. You know, and I think that's where it's so important that you surround yourself with good people. But yeah, e- email abaileybluefieldstate.edu. Shoot me an email. I'll shoot you my cell phone number. Cool. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like you said, too, that's, that's, those are the guys that you're looking for, too. You're always learning. So, and like I said, if it starts at the top and, um, you know, knowing that you're always learning is just another, another great thing about you, Drew, man. I really appreciate it, buddy. It's been awesome. Oh, I appreciate everything you do to grow the game and give guys a platform to, to speak about. I mean, how many guys know about Bluefield State College? Hopefully, right now they will now. Yeah, they'll they'll learn a lot more. Um, but you know, the platforms that you give for people to get educated and learn—that's what it's all about. Because somewhere there's going to be a young coach listening to this, and um, maybe they might shoot me an email. Maybe they shoot you an email trying to connect with another coach you had on the podcast or a trainer or whoever it may be. Like. You know, I, I think we're in society now where it's like the transfer portal is so terrible. Social media is terrible. You no, know? there's a lot of if you look at only the negatives. Yeah. You know, transfer portal example. That's a different topic. But coaches change jobs all the time. Oh, yeah. you know, you know, kid might be recruited somewhere and a coaching change happens or the coach isn't what he sold on the recruiting visit. And he wants to get in a better situation. You know, so stuff like that we got to find the positives and things how can we grow social media is such a good platform think about how many guys now have access to resources because of social media mm-hmm. no but now we got young coaches that are probably afraid to put information out there because they just get ridiculed and just critiqued and people just crush them because that's not the way they they teach at the end of the day if what i'm doing is working for my guys in my locker room that's what matters. It's just transfer, right? I'm not coaching your guys. You're not coaching my guys. But if I can take something from you and 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 relay it to my guys and it makes them better, all day. I'm all I'm always open to to learning 
and and being able to take something, a nugget, whatever you call it, from another coach and relay it to my guys and make them better. You know, but social media, unfortunately, has a lot of guys that just want to focus on the negative stuff and not. I don't do it that way, but if it works for you guys, that's great. Like that's a great way. Never heard of it that way before. You know, so I, I'd like to see more positivity on that stuff. But um, you know, again, I really appreciate you having me on and, and talking about our program, our academics, and um, you know, what our our school just added thirteen sports. We're building new athletic facilities. We have so much good stuff going on. I couldn't be you know I couldn't be more excited about it. Yeah, man. Me too. Man. I, I just I love following you, and you know. It's great to it's great to see you having success, you know, kind of every step of the way. But now just at a different platform, and uh, you know the diversity that our kind of country is, you know, looking for, and especially the way just the way things are right now. I think you're in a good spot to do do some even bigger things, like you said, than just baseball. It's pretty awesome, man. I'm trying, definitely trying. So uh, if I can ever do anything for you, you know, please please let me know because I'm, I'm all about growing the game and we're building young men and everything you're doing is, is, is helping is aiding in that in a positive manner. Appreciate it, buddy. Guys like it's only, it's only possible with guys like you, man. So I appreciate that. And uh, that's definitely, we'll definitely keep in touch for sure. I can't wait till the next time we talk, man. It's gonna be awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Trey. I appreciate you, buddy. Coach Drew Bailey, Bluefield State College is showing us why they were so successful in year one as he's able to, Turn a culture around there, Bluefield State, and wish him nothing but the best here as he continues to move forward with his culture and helping use his platform to grow more than just more than just great baseball players, which he is absolutely doing that. Um, but just a couple of things where you hashing that really stuck out to me was just um, how it, encompassing of a whole program, not just you know a single thing, not just focusing on. Uh, the baseball's got to be really good, and they've got to get talented players, but now it's also holding the standards, holding the expectations, and um, creating that great culture that he wants there and wanting to build it. Um, you can see he's very um, detailed with his pitching instruction. So the instruction and the baseball knowledge is there, and they're creating a better staff, and the more they do that, and they continue to, along with their expectations and their standards. And, um, you know, Coach Bailey is – um, just really doing a, a great job and uh, really just showing how, how he can really build a program. And um, one of the great things that really stuck out to me, I loved his in, Into the Real World sessions. He brings in people throughout the co uh, community uh, to talk about their success and really how they deal with adversity. I love how they talk about to, to a kid when he's recruiting is, is a 40-year commitment, uh, not just a four-year commitment. Because if we want your alumni, it shows you like we're, 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 we're not going to be just – transactional here just looking at the next four years you provide service thank you very much see you later that's a 40-year commitment uh that you're making throughout the year uh and i really liked that it spoke a lot to me it's even just the, the alumni piece and um you know again if you want to reach out to him please do uh email is a bailey b-a-i-l-e-y at bluefieldstate.edu a Bailey at BluefieldState.edu. So, Coach Bailey, man, can't, again, can't thank you enough. Love how you're using the uh, the baseball platform to serve others, and um, love how you talk about baseball. is just what we do. It's not who we are, and I uh, can't be more than true. And it's always good to remind us about that. So, again, Coach, I can't thank you enough. And again, thank you to those guys at Netting Pros, Will Miner, and the guys there helping sponsor our podcast. I really appreciate their improving programs one facility at a time. So. Contact them, uh, info at nettingpros.com, or visit their website 
at nettingpros.com or any of the social media platforms from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. So, again, guys, can't thank you enough. And until next week, keep getting better. <laughs>